Hello, I'm Dana Rizzo, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called Here We Come A-Waffling by Julianne Leonard. Mom, did you even measure the butter? I looked at the recipe and nodded. Yes. And that much flour really isn't good for you. I continued mixing the batter and looked at my teenage daughter. Yes, I imagine I would be very sick if I ate 12 dozen cookies. 12 dozen? I checked the waffle iron so I didn't have to see the eye roll that accompanied this statement. You were making 12 dozen Christmas cookies? Probably more, but yes, I am making 12 dozen of these cookies. I thought you were going to help me this year. Well, I thought you were doing the ones that you cut out and bake this year, not these ones. Why not? We make these cookies every year. Exactly! With a huff, she stormed off, and I continued mixing the batter, stirring any lumps of sugar out. Now that the waffle iron was hot, I would be able to start making the cookies. But this year, I was debating with myself as to why I was making cookies at all. It wasn't just about my daughter, although she had not helped with my indecision. It almost felt like a waste of time to follow this family tradition. It would take forever, especially with my primary helper bailing on me in favor of time spent on her phone. And that was without the extra and somewhat steep cost of making 12 dozen cookies. But that wasn't where my problem came from either. This year, it just seemed unimportant. Would anyone really notice one kind of cookie missing in the cookie exchange? Or if I swapped out something as old-fashioned as our traditional family galette recipe for sugar cookies? It would be the first time that my family didn't make galettes in six generations, but I wasn't even sure that anyone else would realize that. Every December, as my schedule got crazier, I had this debate with myself, and every year, I always knew in my heart that what I was doing was worth all the extra time and extra steps, if only to keep with tradition. This year, though, this year hadn't been a good year. I don't know why. No one I knew had gotten sick or died. I still had work that I mostly liked, and a loving family. I had good things in my life. But this year, I felt like everything was pushing me, rushing me, and leaving me feeling overwhelmed. Holding the bowl of batter, I started to wonder if I should unplug the waffle iron. Did I really want to make galettes this year? I don't think I realized until the first sizzling spoonful of batter was on the iron that I did. It wasn't just that I had made these cookies since I was a little girl with my grandmother. It was why we made them. Every year, my grandmother made dozens of cookies, and we were always lucky if we kept a couple dozen to munch on for ourselves. How can we not have enough for everyone to have two or three? We make so many! I think I was ten when I had asked my grandmother that, while we were airing out the kitchen after my first attempt to man the iron. Here, we don't make them for us to eat. Then why do we make waffles for six hours? I hadn't been as reluctant to help out as my daughter was, but the smoke detector beeping on my first try had not put me in a good mood. Galettes. My grandmother had corrected me absently. New Year's cakes, and we make them to give to people. People that we care about and people that we want to pray for in the coming year. We make them to wish people a happy new year. 
Grandma, do you know how many people we're supposed to pray for? Why do you think there are so many cookies? The timer went off and I flipped the first one out. Then I grabbed a chair. Still, even sitting, my butt went numb and my arm ached. Worse, after so many hours of making galettes without my daughter's help, at the end of the day I had a headache as I tried to scrub butter and flour out of every pore and get ready to head to a cookie exchange at my daughter's school. My husband stopped on his way in and helped me carry cookies out to the car. I wasn't completely sure that my daughter had seen me walk past her, since she was so deeply entrenched in her phone, messaging her friends at the kitchen table. I walked into the school cafeteria and was bowled over by the overwhelming smell of sugar. Table after table was heaped with cookies. Grabbing an empty spot by the end of one of the tables, I waited to share my galettes as other mothers wandered past with their trays and takeout boxes. I normally waited until the end to grab my own cookies to take home. A five-year-old who had been wandering through the throng pushed his way up to my table and started screeching. Mom! Mom! She has waffles! Does that mean I can eat them for breakfast? Most of the other passerby were more polite, asking what type of cookies I had brought. I answered, occasionally explaining the tradition. Still, I was discouraged by the number of leftovers I had on my plate when the cookie exchange started to pack up. I was in the parking lot fumbling my keys out of my pocket when my phone jangled in my other pocket. Balancing my leftovers and my own take-home cookie tray on one hip against my car, I managed to answer. Are you still there? The voice on the other end was panicked and a little breathless. I would have been alarmed if I had not read my caller ID. I knew the number. I thought I knew the woman on the other end, one of my daughter's friend's mothers, a woman whom I associated with school meetings, always running late, with a runny-nosed toddler who would scream if deprived of the purple bunny she carried everywhere. Hello? Do you mean the cookie exchange? They're just finishing up. Can you just hold on till I get there? I'm at the light. I wanted to tell her that they had just packed up and were getting ready to close for the night, but by then she'd already hung up. I stood by my car and shuffled awkwardly. Other people were heading to their cars and loading up their goodies as a car pulled in. A woman in scrubs climbed out and hurried over to me. They're closed? She looked as crestfallen as her toddler would be without her purple bunny. Is there anything left? She looked at me and my tray of galettes that had been passed over for the chocolate chip and sugar cookies on the other tables. Can I have a few of those? I shoved the tray at her, my bad mood finally conquering me. You can have them all. I started the car, barely hearing her, Thank you, shouted at my taillights as I pulled out of the parking lot. I got home and dug out a pair of old fleece pajamas and put them on. I was headed toward the kitchen when my daughter intercepted me. Did you see Abby's mom tonight? Probably. There were a lot of people there. Which one is Abby? For once, my daughter didn't roll her eyes. She said to thank you for the cookies. Abby said her mom was on her way to work and decided to stop and get cookies, but everything had been packed up. She said you gave her cookies. Most of the other people had left or didn't have any left. Okay, I'm glad the cookies helped then. Mom! My daughter sounded exasperated, and I turned around and waited to listen to the rest of her tirade, since she clearly wasn't through. Mom, did you give all our cookies to Abby's mom for the party? All the galettes that I had left, why? Mom, that was a party for the county home. 
for people who don't have relatives to visit them over Christmas. You sent them to an old people's party. Okay, I'm glad they helped. But you gave them all away. My head throbbed and I found myself snapping again without thinking. Yes, that was why we made them. I stomped to the kitchen to get some Tylenol for my headache. I swallowed it, drank a glass of water, and made my way to bed. My husband joined me after he finished checking emails on his computer. My daughter didn't say anything else to me, instead making her way to her room. I figured she had gone to work on her homework or talk with her friends on the phone, and I didn't think much more about it until I fell asleep. I woke up at eight in the morning to the smell of smoke in the kitchen. I ran downstairs and found my husband trying to scrape a rather charred-looking object out of the waffle iron and into the garbage, while my daughter stood with her hands over her mouth. I, I, she hiccuped and burst into sobs. Then I looked at the table. There sat a plate of half a dozen rather broken and misshapen galettes and a bowl of batter on the cold stove. My daughter, who had wanted nothing to do with our project yesterday, was making galettes, our old-fashioned New Year's cakes that we gave away by the bushels. She was making them, or trying to. I, I tried! Her sobs deepened. Mom, I was trying, but they aren't right. They aren't even pretty, and they broke. You don't give away the uglier broken ones, and the, and the last one caught on fire. Dad had to... I saw, I told my daughter as she wound down this spout of words, which she liberally punctuated with sobs and hiccups. I reached out and hugged her. Messing up is part of the tradition, too. Let's let the iron cool down while we have breakfast. After that... We'll make another batch. Who, who are we giving these ones to? My daughter asked. We'll figure that out later, but maybe we should keep a few this year. Perfect or not, I smiled. Maybe we need to remember each other sometimes, too. Sound fair? Sure. I smiled and got myself some coffee. I tried not to roll my eyes when my daughter asked me, How do you get the butter to mix in? It took forever with how hard it was. This wasn't the time to lecture her about the basics of baking. She would learn. We would try. Mistakes and forgiveness, giving and thinking about other people. That was the point of our days spent with the waffle iron making galettes. Which, while not technically waffles, worked very well with coffee for breakfast. You just listened to Here We Come A-Waffling by Julianne Leonard. Read to you by your door-to-door -door storyteller, Dana Rizzo. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater with the permission of the licensor. Granted under a copyrighted license agreement. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.